Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello and welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. You are not hearing the dulcet tones of Justin Rowan as he's recovering with a three to four day hangover after his honeymoon, so we gave him the the episode off. In his place is our unofficial third member of the podcast. I think you've been on enough that we can actually just call you that now. Uh, Ryan Morton. How you doing, Mort? Um, I wasn't prepared for that. I'm kind of crying, actually. Um, Well, we're not giving you any of the Patreon money, (laughs) That's the nicest thing anyone said about me. So it was just really it was really important that we laid down those ground rules um that while you are an important part of the team, you are not an official part of the team because if you were an official part right. of the team, we'd owe you money. I mean, that's fine. So I I my mother and my brother also called me the unofficial <laughs> third member of of the group, so too real, man. Um Right. <laughs> That's too real. Um, so the Cavs are in a really weird spot uh, as our Cavs fans, as we just sort of wait and Hell yeah. s- wait and sit for and just wait to see if our throats are going to get slit. What? <laughs> Who's waiting? No, no one's waiting. What are you talking about? Yeah, there this is, is great. a lot of waiting. That's fair. Colin Sexton Twitter has logged on. Actually, nobody has waited um, probably since like. January, every day, someone has tweeted or texted me or just been on the radio going, well, that's it. LeBron is gone. (laughs) That's very true. The team's never going to be good again. I'm a very sad panda. Um, Like, literally every single day, and which is fine, but I just can't. I mean, you know me. I'm annoying as hell. Um, Not me, man. Phil, my boss is the same way. The guy that owns my company is like, ah, this is the end. Or maybe it's not, but F everything, you know, just be as terrible as possible. I don't know. Like, are you interested? Hell yeah. Like, not like on a macro scale, but like, are you interested in tracking like what's going on? Or are you just like, oh, like in like in the daily, what does this mean about LeBron? Yeah. Oh, not one bit. Not at all. No. I didn't um, think you were. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a massive waste of time. Like, in, in, at least for me. Um, and I think that's the disconnect between me and a lot of people in that, like, there's this emotional swing every day. Like, yesterday it was, hey, Paul George might stay in Oklahoma City. You know, what does this mean? Like, I don't know, man. Like, maybe he doesn't stay in Oklahoma. Like, I don't I just, the daily swing back and forth. Waste of time. Don't care. There uh, is quite the swing, and I like caught myself having the same because, unlike you, I do tweet through it. Um, <laughs> and I caught myself having like an accidental repeat take. <laughs> like you never like like I got tweet deja vu. Oh man, yeah. And I was like, oh no, I got to stop doing this to myself. Exactly. Like every, it's so weird because every um, late April. Early May, I'll be tweeting about how the Raptors are trash, and it feels like I've done this before. 
Like, man, I swear I just did this. That's your Groundhog Day. 12 months ago. And 12 months ago, like, I swear I was just doing this like 12 months ago, right? Um, So I definitely understand what you mean. Except mine is more pathetic. (laughs) <laughs> well, and it's it's different. Like, I can't control what LeBron James is going to do. So why worry about it? Like, how can I let it affect as I'm going about my day, right? Like, oh, man, there's there's a story about LeBron. Maybe he'll leave. Maybe he won't. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, uh, I get I mean, there's definitely something to that. I think we all just want clarity uh, and be, that desire for clarity leads us to react really, really strong when we get these these little tidbits. <laughs> oh, you know, like it's like, oh, oh that, that like it's like even if it's a negative outcome, you grasp at that straw because like not knowing is so like paralyzing. Right. Because it's because I was thinking about what we were going to talk about for the show. And it's Colin like, Sexton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We can talk about Colin Sexton and we're going to get there. Kevin Love. But like it's like so much could change. Billy Preston. <laughs> Billy Preston. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, I, I like to focus on and and talk about what I know and the things that we can't. And I've ranted. Rant might be a strong word. I've no, complained. we'll call it a rant. Yeah, I've complained before. Like, we spend so much time talking about. And as a collective, I mean this, not specifically you or, or really anybody, I think as a, as a group of people that follow basketball, like people are, you know, they're, they're monitoring body language and they're talking about, man, this guy said this, I bet this person, this person, this person must be really offended or man, this guy is not getting minutes in games. He, you know, he's never going to improve when we, we aren't watching practices. Like we spend all this time inferring things and talking about things that, we have no way of knowing and we're just kind of putting, you know, applying our feelings to a situation. And to me, I think that's kind of a waste of time. And that doesn't mean it's a waste of time for other people to do it. People to make a lot of money doing it, but it's just, yeah, it's just not something that I can get myself to do in a lot of situations unless it's about like the Celtics being trash or something, in which case I'm 100% in for inferring that, Actually, Brad Stevens is is bad. Um, that's a joke. Please don't find me on Twitter podcast Twitter. But I I don't I don't. Please don't. Well, you're not a member of podcast Twitter as as well. We yeah, but they listen. The show. You knows what I'm saying. They they listen and they love Brad. They do so, love Brad. They love yeah. him so much. Yeah, I'm just no project. Yeah. No projection goes on there. Um, yeah, zero zero percent. <laughs> Doc Rivers and Ty Lue are bad. Um, <laughs> all right. White people. Um, Colin Sexton. Uh, yeah, let's talk Colin Sexton. Are because, you excited? Um, That's not, a joke. I know you're yeah, not excited. Not super excited. <laughs> um, but like, I'm also like, I, I forget who I was talking to about this. I reserve the right to be 40% more wrong about draft guys because i don't watch them enough well and nobody knows right like it's a total crapshoot like if anyone had any idea um guys like carlos boozer and draymond green and obviously those are not the same type of player but boozer was incredibly good he made an all-star team you have all these really really good players that go in the second round and yeah i mean you have all these guys that show amazing growth so if anyone 100 knew what the hell they were doing or what the hell they were talking about 
it wouldn't be interesting. Um, yeah. Um, here's my concern with Sexton from watching his game and watching his style of play. I'm worried that, like... It'll be too easy. No, 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 no. no. I'm worried that his upside is, yeah, he's pretty good, but who gives a shit? Like, uh, like, like the best version of Reggie Jackson was. Like, yeah, he that was a pretty good player, but, like, his style wouldn't hold up as, like, you always talk about this as one of your, like, pet topics is, like, guys who can thrive on mediocre teams, but then right. don't look great on good teams. And I'm worried that might be Sexton. Maybe. And, and I think the difference is going to be as I'm looking at him. And obviously my exposure is limited because, you know, um, after the fact, I have no interest in watching college basketball. But now this guy's on the Cavs and I'm watching, you know, condensed versions of games, stuff like that. So um, from a personality standpoint and from you know, a style standpoint, I think he's a guy that will thrive in transition. And I think there is space for that in today's NBA. Um, I think he's a guy that will thrive defensively in creating transition opportunities. And I think there's a place for that. So, you know, currently he's not a great shooter, but I mean, that's important, but is it the end all be all? You know, I hear people, people are in my ear lying about John Wall every single day. Um, do you so, mean you in your own ear about him since you've trashed him his whole career? <laughs> because, I mean, come on, man, you exist on the Internet. Yeah. Until this year when the Wizards were just not interesting at all, even in their failure. People, I mean, every year, it's like, ah, man, man, John Wall, is he the best two-way player? So that is my fear for Colin Sexton, that he's so uninteresting and good, but not superlative that we have to invent things like the best two way point guard to talk about him. Um, yeah. uh, I saw a really funny tweet and I'm going to, I'm going to do the thing where you break the rule, but I made a joke about how, cause they traded for Austin rivers today. I said, he's not well liked by his peers and thinks he's a lot better than he is. So he's going to fit in great in Washington. <laughs> but someone, <laughs> which is but okay. No, like we yeah. have proof guys don't like rivers. Like, yeah. But, People are always trying to clown him and talking about him and like pushing him around on. on the court. The, that's that's not the funny part, though. I was proud of the tweet. Don't get me wrong. But a guy, <laughs> I, someone responded to my tweet with "best three man two way backcourt in the league." <laughs> that's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's what you notice people doing, right? When a guy is good, but. You have, not to like, like, you have to like come up with it. You have to like somehow like it. You know what it is? It's like when those guys on Fox Sports like use a list of like seven statistics with really weird qualifiers to like make their case. Like <laughs> that's what that is. Just the sad, the sad young picture. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thirteen point four points, five point eight assists, and eight point six rebounds a game. That's yeah, also just... Horford an MVP vote. <laughs> that's Man, I don't that's know, I like stuff. But yeah, I think I like, I think I like his personality, and you hear really good stuff that he's actually like a good dude while also being a killer, which right. is kind of an interesting paradigm. So they're at eight, right? And they obviously, at least to me, cannot make a trade, a large scale trade, without knowing what LeBron is going to do. 
and LeBron is not going to tell them what he's going to do. You know, the obvious move is probably trying to find something for Memphis's pick and taking Chandler Parsons. Um, you probably can't get Atlanta's because you already owe a 2019 pick, so you can't convey a future one better than Dallas can because their pick's probably going to be all right. So, like, what can you do? You're at eight. You pretty much have to stay at eight. If you trade for Kimball Walker and LeBron leaves, that's stupid because um, Kimball Walker is expiring. So, like, yeah, that, I, it's I think that, like, my indi- my instinct, even though I don't love Sexton as a player, has never really been to clown the Cavs for that one. Uh, and I actually don't think many people have. Uh, some have. But, like, my instinct was, like, Damn, that means they really couldn't make a trade. <laughs> well, and yeah, um, but it's just tough. I yeah, mean, I mean, you know, it's tough they're, when they're, you're dealt a losing hand, and like this offseason is the manifestation of a losing hand. Right, and there are two trades, right? Like two things that would make them better while dealing your best piece. And Kevin Love's probably their best trade piece. He's their best player, other than LeBron by far. And he's an expiring large contract, but the only guys you could trade him for and still get better are probably Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So what's, yeah. you know, so you and, can't and, trade love. And also like the fact of the matter is like these teams, like the Hornets, even like they know for damn sure that the Cavs have to make a move and thus are going to ask for the moon. Right. Like trade negotiations don't happen in a vacuum here. Right. So, I mean, you're screwed from all sides. So given, um, I mean, the player I wanted the most and, and I would say attainable because he went directly a pick before would be Wendell Carter. I think yeah, he's, that was a bummer. That was one yeah. I think we all could have agreed on. For right. The most yeah, part. I, I think everybody would have loved Carter, but yeah, I, think I, they, I think they already do more. I think people are going to be really in on Sexton. I mean, come on. He called Penny Hardaway's son trash. To Penny Hardaway with his son <laughs> on the court. Like he, his son is on the court and Penny is coaching and he told him his son is trash when his son's standing right next to him. Um, Low key cruel. Yeah. I mean, you have the stare downs and I don't know the stuff that, that people don't like, I think can improve, you know, like you, Oh, well, his decision-making has to get a lot better. Well, yeah, I mean, he's 19. Everyone's decision-making has to get a lot better. I was breaking into pools and skinny dipping at 19. Like, you know. That's nice, Morgan. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, Valley. Um, I get it. Shooting. I get the he's concerns. Good, the shooting's a concern. He's um, a good free-throw shooter. Wish the guy was a little bit taller. That's one where I'm like, damn. Like, if you were 6'2 right. instead of six foot even, that kind of stuff matters. Well, you got but the he have long arms. Wings, wingspan is is the really important one. I think wingspan is can, is more important than anything. Can I make uh, a contrarian take about wingspan? Oh, <laughs> based on almost nothing. So I'm ready to get destroyed on this one, right? But I think we overvalue wingspan False. as a, as a way to explain away height. Nope. So, but my theory is that like level of like the level your shoulders are at relative to your competition matters matters when you're battling it matters when you're elevating um it matters when you're it matters the angles you go up with potentially um when you challenge a shot what are you using are you using your hand 
I'm talking, I think. Are you, uh, are you using your hand? Yes. I think that on defense okay. wingspan trumps it a little bit. Well, that's a lot. You know, on that's... offense, I would say we undervalue. Like, well, yeah, being able to see over the defense. Yeah. And yeah. like, but like a lot of the times you have to admit people are like, oh, yeah, he's like five, eight, but he's got like a six, five wingspan. It's like, well, that doesn't mean it's equivalent what? as a six, one person with a six, five wingspan. Like, it's well, still no. better to be taller. Well, yeah, but I, yeah, I think defensively wingspan is what matters because that's what you're, that's how you're challenging shots. It's how you're getting into passing lanes. So to me, the difference between a, a six one person and a five seven person with the same wingspan is is negligible defensively. Offensively, yeah, I mean you're talking about seeing over the defense. You're talking about finding angles to shots. Although you know when you're shorter, um, you get beneficial whistles sometimes just for being small. Uh, so that <laughs> that happens. But I don't know. I mean, I think man, I, I think he's gonna be really good. And I, someone from the back, that back half of the top 10 has to be a star. And why not? Why not the guy that, you know, wants it? <laughs> and I'm sure they all want it. Unless yeah, I mean, some... I think that he is better. Um, I think he's better optimized for a post LeBron existence. Like we were talking uh, before this about, you know, his rookie of the year odds. Like if you think LeBron's going to leave, uh, what did you say he was at right now? The first odds I saw posted were 22 to 1. 22 to 1 would be pretty good for a guy who might be the only person on the team who can dribble. Right. Well, I mean, they're probably going to be stuck. Well, no, they shouldn't be stuck with George Hill because... Um, he should have some pretty positive trade value. Um, right. Let's look at the odds. This is uh, NBC... NBC Sports Philadelphia, whatever the hell that means, but... <laughs> Uh, three, and this is three days ago, so the the line might have moved. But yeah, as of three days ago, he's listed at twenty two to one, which uh, I mean, those, are, man. those are good odds, um, and certainly worth looking at. And if you are a gambling man or woman, uh, you should probably put in that bet now if you think LeBron's going to leave, because those odds probably will change, I imagine. And I think the the veterans the Cavs have would be incredibly important for him as well, right? Like, can you imagine as someone who needs to fix their shot, A, he had really good insight onto his own shot. He explained exactly what the problem with it was. And it's that, you know, that's he has a bit of a dip in his left hand. I think it's his left hand. It might have been his right hand. No, he's right-handed. His, his hand kind of comes over the ball, right? Uh-huh. Um, so mentioning that in an interview was a great sign. But having Kyle Korver on your team while also acknowledging that you need to adjust your shot and seeing what the problem with it is uh, should probably be invaluable. Um, I would agree. Uh, I would. I'm curious if all these uh, veterans are going to be on the team next year. Well, yeah, and I think that keeping Korver around. I mean, I, I don't think that you're going to get an asset for him that's going to outweigh the kind of impact he can have on your top pick. Um, um, that's probably fair. Um, I don't no give you a first, like he can't even, pl- he can't even get on the court against, you know, um, golden state or Boston. He's completely ineffective. Yeah. And that um, probably extends to Houston as well. I would agree with that. Uh, I mean, he's a great weapon against 25 teams. <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, I think someone would talk themselves into him. 
for something, you know. Um, the only the space where I think you might see Corver get positive value in a trade is one of those like a team like gives a pick to give the Cavs a bad contract or something, but oh, to, right. to sweeten the deal to like match that salary, you would give Corver um, something like that. Um, but I do want to kind of move into uh, potential post LeBron um, strategies because I know you are very anti blow it up. I, I am. And <laughs> this is another one. The owner of my company yells at me about a lot because he is full on be as bad as you can. There's no incentive. You know, I'm watching this for titles and everything in between. is just a waste of my time. And I, that's just not a space that I exist in. Like I'm watching basketball for, for great moments. Right. And even when the Cavs sucked, like they had a lot of really awesome moments. You had the 25 games of Anderson Verzhao looking like an all-star. You had Deion Waiters and, and Kyrie Irving hitting game winners. Like you had a lot of interesting things happen that I still think about. The J.J. Hickson block on Blake Griffin during a 26-game win streak is something people still look at fondly. Um, and I think the way you build a connection to your team and to your brand is by having guys long-term and accumulating moments. And LeBron is, has been here for four years. Obviously, he was here for seven before that. Um, so the guys that have also been here on that short, short-term time, you know, particularly Kevin Love and J.R. Smith, I think just cutting bait there and making it a short stay would be pretty silly. Like, what's, what's your connection? LeBron leaves again, and, well, I guess the other side of that is nobody likes Kevin and JR for some reason anyway, right? Like, everyone, people just complain about him constantly, even though they, they are part of the best Cavs team we've ever seen, which is confusing. But I, I just think cutting those guys and, and taking them from potential long-term you know, franchise legends to, oh yeah, Kevin Love, he was here for four years. He won a title. Now he's, you know, playing the last nine years of his career in, uh, you know, Sacramento or wherever the hell they would send him to. I think that's really short-sighted and it's bad branding. And as a fan, I would feel slighted in that, you know, like I, I want the guys from 2016 here as long as they can be here and, and be somewhat helpful or at least be interesting to see. And I think that that wouldn't be great to just cut bait and try to tank like it, it'd make them the Florida Marlins, which I'm not interested in. Yeah, um, I think people the the tanking conversation has really changed the way because people say, oh, I'm here to watch championships. But like, no, you're not. You're here. You watch your favorite team because you, you like watching them every day. <laughs> right. Like, so to actively, like, necessarily root for the 3% chance that you win a championship. Uh, in, it's annoying. It, it, it's, a, it's just a weird mentality. Like, I get that why front offices do it. I don't get why, like, a fan base, like, roots for it so hard. Um, with that said, I also, like, in the same way that, you know from a branding perspective, we should, we feel a connection to Kevin Love and J.R. Smith and those guys. Part of me also like wants to do right by them. Like if Kevin Love, like would like to go somewhere and try to win a championship, 
in like you know like let's say like portland wanted him or something like i don't think see any harm in like sending him off for something good because i think he's earned that too um it it's not as easy as just sentimentality though more and that's what i wanted to talk about because i also uh Maybe it's, maybe we're just getting a little older, so we like <laughs> we're just a little more <laughs> sentimental than we used to be. Back in my day, uh, like because I am very sentimental about those guys, and like that's what has bummed me out a lot about the LeBron leaving conversation is because it's like the the next question, and it has to at least be discussed, right? Is like, do you trade Kevin? And it's like, like what bums me out about it is like Kevin didn't ask out. Kevin yeah. didn't want to leave. Kevin wanted to stay on this team with LeBron forever. And it's like, he's like just a casualty of it. And, and he's meant so much to us as Cavs fans huh. that it's like, well, us, me and you, well, not okay. everyone. <laughs> I will say like, I do think like the narrative flipped on Kevin after 2016 um, and only the dumbest of the dumb dumbs like still shit on Kevin Love. I would agree with that, yeah. Um, and it's like your average fan might shit on Kevin Love. Yeah, they do. Like he averaged like was it nineteen and eleven in the finals, and I still get the every single day um, yeah. or any time he comes up. Well, he always disappears in the playoffs. Like, what playoffs are you watching, man? <laughs> like, like, I'm just not super interested in like engaging with the lowest common denominator. But there was like a stretch where like actual basketball twit, like actual diehards hated Kevin Love. I think that time has passed. Um, but the point is, it's not just sentimental, though, because we have future considerations to, to look at, one of which is that the Cavs will owe their first-round pick to Atlanta if it doesn't fall within 1 through 10 in the draft. Um, does that affect your mentality on keeping a guy who might get you just good enough to pick 12th not really really i mean well it, well they've changed the tanking rules and you know it's still a lottery and people find stars everywhere what i'm you saying know? is they don't even get the damn pick <laughs> if, it, if it falls at 11 12 13 14 i don't know man like so, you have to be really bad for what is the? It's twenty twenty one, right? Like they have to be in the top ten for two years, and then it they turns will, into a sec, two seconds. Yeah. Um. So hypothetically, if things play out right, they will have given up no firsts in that trade. But <laughs> incidentally, because they have to give up their twenty one and twenty two second rounders. If it doesn't convey, which means they will have traded away their 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022, and 2024 <laughs> second nice. round picks. You know? Um... Oh, what, the last one's a swap, apparently. But that's hilarious. Second rounders, man. Who needs them, right? Um... <laughs> I don't know, man. It would just be hard. And I, I think it'd be like, I'm just not interested in turning the whole thing over. And that's just kind of how it is. And maybe that's dumb, but 
I think the 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 whiplash of that is something that would suck. And I think the oh hey yeah we had these guys man they're doing good elsewhere. I hope you know I mean draft picks are are not a certainty. And who's to say like oh yeah we've got this guy and he'll keep you he's just enough to keep you picking twelfth. Yeah. Okay, so maybe they're mediocre next year, and in the 2020 draft, they find someone at 12 that is more helpful than no Kevin Love and, you know, uh, the sixth pick that could be a Jason Thompson, for example, because I'm picking on Sacramento. Um, I don't know. I just, you know, you have a certainty, you have a cost certainty, you have a talent certainty, and you could be bad and maybe never recover. Or you could have talented players, and and uh, it's it's not it's not black and white. But for me, it's you know, you go the Dallas route, and you're kind of good, you're kind of bad, you're kind of in between, and you pick your spots. I mean, they got Dennis Smith Jr. Now they suck this year. They still have Dirk, and they got Doncic who is probably going to be awesome. Might not be, but that's, that's how I would go. I would just go the Dallas route of, of keeping guys hanging around. Yeah. I think, uh, the big factor that isn't talked about for this stuff is that not all front offices and not all ownership situations are made equal, my friend. And the, a Dan Gilbert front office's likelihood of finding superstar talent with that, seventh or sixth pick in the draft after you trade Kevin Love and building a healthy culture again. Yeah. Not great, uh, comparatively. Uh and that the fact that I have so little faith in this organization to not be the kings for the foreseeable future uh has me especially willing to hang on to sentimentality. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that stuff's – who knows, man? They backed their way into Kyrie and into LeBron again and into Kevin Love. and um, A lot of this isn't happening if LeBron was born anywhere other than Akron. Who knows? Why, why, why worry about that, you know? It's not about worrying about it. It's just what? taking stock of what you'd rather see, right? And because I don't have a ton of faith in their ability to turn this around and the in the near future and under current ownership based on evidence. Uh, my instinct is to say, Hey, well, let's ride out the good times as long as we can uh, keep these guys that meant a lot to us and, uh, and move forward from there. That's my point. Okay. I mean, I think that makes sense. Um, it's, it's not to not... be a whiner about what's coming next. It's well, like no. from a value just, perspective. The, oh, this doesn't happen if LeBron isn't from here. It's just always been an annoying argument. So, okay, well, he is. And it's not to say that you're being annoying with it. I'm just saying like a it's million not replicable. Times. Who knows? What do you mean who knows? <laughs> sure, maybe it's replicable. Maybe, I mean – when the floods start and the droughts happen, all of a sudden Cleveland is popping. It's the place to be. Who knows? Um, yeah, but the, I think the difference between what I'm saying and the argument you're saying annoys you is that it exists as a slight on the city of Cleveland. 
externally. And what I'm saying is the Cavs organization didn't deserve to get him back based on the work they had done. Well, they had Kyrie Irving. They had Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they, they had players. They did. They and they, did. Could, they had more opportunities, but they had the assets to trade for Kevin Love. And they had drafted Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson. That's and fair. they had the assets to, you know, Timo wasn't a factor the year they won, but he was a factor um, the year they got to the and finals the first is, time. It is worth saying that, like, while, like, it's crazier that he came back because of the, you know, the backlash from the decision and especially the Dan Gilbert letter. Maybe the backlash isn't as as crazy if he wasn't from Akron. Right. So I don't think it would have been. No. Um, uh, I I always thought that the backlash, like in a lot of ways, was like Nike's fault for building an entire uh, campaign around him being a savior and a messiah. <laughs> like we we were told that we had a, the, an entire fan base of already irrational people because fans are inherently irrational bought and were were sold and bought in in very heavily to the idea that they got a messiah <laughs> right witness like all these like biblical like kind of like terminology was used <laughs> and then and then he left and they were like wait what <laughs> yeah there's definitely some some truth to that i think um and also fans are crazy but yeah, I mean, I don't know. They they had the pieces. If they didn't have the pieces for him to come back, you know, he wouldn't have come back. If they didn't have the pieces to win, and they traded, you know, they they traded for Jr. and Kevin, but they drafted Tristan, they drafted Kyrie, they signed um, Matthew Dellavedova, who played minutes. He wasn't important like Timo, and they won. But he, you know. They had guys that were attractive for him to come back. I don't think he would have come back if they had literally nothing of value. Yeah. So it certainly wasn't a uh, an active, an entirely an active charity. I do think it mattered to him to come back and like make home yeah. home again. Uh, yeah. But it um, wasn't well, like he was doing it out of the goodness of his heart either. Like he's no. probably the most pragmatic superstar of all time. But and that would be the other part, you know, like, oh, well, he doesn't want to he wanted to be on good terms with his hometown. He already was like he, he wasn't a pariah in Akron. I don't think he could care less about maybe he could. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know that Northeast Ohio as a whole is incredibly important. You but, don't think that mattered to him? I know like that's what he used to distance himself in the wake of the decision, which is like, I'm from Akron. I'm not from Cleveland. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know that it was all that big a deal. Maybe it was though. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Winning that's, the that's the area His where the action after winning kind of tells me a different story. Maybe like, cause he didn't cry like that in Miami. Or was he crying? And this is the unknowable, which is what I hate, but, um, Maybe it was just a legacy moment. It's like, finally, I'm cemented as the goat. Also, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? I mean, you know, there's no way of knowing any of this crap. Yeah, it's obviously not easy. Um, it's Billy Preston season, goddammit. 
Yeah. Cavs Twitter's really latching on to that guy on the on the strength of one vine. It's great. I mean, I think it's it's more about him just being a five star Kansas recruit. Like, yeah. oh yeah, he was supposed to be good and some BS kept him out. And I think that's fair. Um, you know, you have a guy that would probably have been a mid first round pick if not for not playing at all. But there's uh and I can't even remember his name, but there's a kid from Florida that the same thing happened to and he's a complete bust. So I don't think he even plays. Man, what the hell is his name? I don't remember. So you know who kinda of who I'm talking about, right? I think so. Um he's like a, a three, four, more towards a four. I can't. I can't remember. This isn't good radio. We should just move on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that would be nice about um, about uh, post-LeBron era would be getting to have a little fun at Summer League again. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. You actually can like... Because I remember like some of your reports <laughs> during the years where like it was Kay Felder and nothing else. Oh, yeah, those games were terrible to watch. They were the least interesting bit of anything I've ever seen. They actually motivated me not to apply for a credential this year. And now, of course, the team looks like it'll be pretty interesting. But And the fact that we're unlikely or I'm unlikely to get them. And I think as a whole, like, I don't know, it's, it's just getting harder and harder. Um, and I think that's part of why they're talking about moving it to a different venue because the it's become this global thing and there's never enough space, but there's only not enough space for like two days. And then there's more space than you could ever need. Um, so it's weird, but I mean, the Kate Felder years were miserable. Yeah. Uh, the reports were tough to tough to read and I'm sure tough to write. Who cares? Were, right. Yeah. Like, Cause who gives a shit? Ultimately. I mean, did you ever look at some of the numbers on those? <laughs> there was one and I went back and I, I looked at the track data and it had gotten like 110 clicks. It's like, why, you know, why am I here? Like in the Cavs always played at these like weird off times where everyone's going out to dinner or they're, you know, we're going to go to the club. Um, well, pregame, you know, and okay, well, Cavs game, they're playing the nets. I got to see, Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, and Joe Harris. Like, it's just a waste. It's not great. Um, but it should be fun moving forward, um, at least, with oh, this some year's- Jetty and Sexton and Preston. Yeah. And I'm interested in year two Jetty, man. I really am. I wonder if he can, like, develop a little trust from Lou, uh, LeBron, or no. Because what's so weird about Jetty getting completely locked out in the postseason rotation which, one, makes sense. He's a rookie. Can't really shoot that well. Um, whatever. But, like, LeBron clearly really liked him. Yeah. And Lou really pretty clearly liked him because he's the only guy who played hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any dislike. It's, hey, man, you can't shoot. Like, we saw that Sixers game at the end of the year. Oh, where man, he's those just were tough. Hammering, hammering away on the rim. I wonder and... how much that game now that you say that, affected his chances at a rotation spot. I think it killed it. I mean, I think they were precarious anyway, but his upside as a shooter is pretty nil. And, yeah, I mean, that just watching him, smart teams are going to replicate that. You know, everyone knows that. Um, You couldn't put him out there. And I think you run the risk of a Nick Anderson moment 
by putting him out there and letting him, you know, they score, say they, they lose to the Celtics and he's like one of 10 from three and just totally biffs the entire night. Like, I, th- I think you run the risk of damaging him more than you're helping him by, you know, putting him out there to do that. Yeah. What was interesting about him is like he had stretches where his three looked really good and really confident, but then he never got to the point where he was going to take one. And I thought, okay, this one's going. <laughs> right. But yeah, I do no, think his... he has potential long-term as a shooter. I think he, he's cleaned up his form a lot, even since, since playing in Europe. So I think that's something you can develop at least to be a catch and shoot guy. Like he's never going to be going off picks and stuff. But no, it's... yeah, I think he's got, I mean, it looks a lot smoother and I mean, there's so much going on in year one of, of an NBA career that um, it's easier, you know, in year two, just to kind of focus on a few different things and, you know, the jump shot being one of them. Getting stronger and shooting better and maybe dribbling a little. Those are the three. We don't need to get too carried away. Yeah, the the getting stronger would be really nice because, I mean, I I think it might have been the same Sixers game, might have been a different one, but do you remember when Ben Simmons just walked him down to the rim in the post on like three straight possessions? Oh, that was a tough Jetty game, man. In a season without very many tough Jetty games, like most part we've got in, he was like pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah. So I, I think there's there's a lot of potential there, and um, well, he'll get a lot of minutes when he's starting next year. Exactly. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun. I think it'll be a fun to see. A I fun think it'll project. be interesting. Yeah, you'll have a lot of guys that you know. They're fun. Yeah, uh, I think that even if the team isn't much better than the first, the team after LeBron left the first time. They're going to be more interesting to watch. Oh, most definitely. It'd be hard not to be. Now, I mean, I think if they still have Kevin Love, they're going to be much better than the other team. Uh, uh, the other team lost fair. 26 games in a row. But, right. uh, but yeah, I just think it'll be nice having a couple. Of, like, even if I don't love Sexton's play style, like, he's something just to tune in for. And, like, that matters, ultimately, quite a bit. <laughs> um, Because it... Like when you just like watching Jamario Moon and Jeremy Cargo. <laughs> oh man, those are some Cavs legends. Some Cavs legends. Samardo uh, Samuels. Who can forget? Yes, yeah, Samardo Samuels always for some reason killing the Knicks. <laughs> There's so many. See, so many amazing Cavs moments. You know who I was so in on was Torrance Kinsey. I thought he could play. Oh, man. Yeah, he I thought he could be really good. He couldn't, ultimately. He's no Billy Preston. But... No Billy Preston, I'll tell you what. he's a, Billy Preston's our Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about with Whiteside, though? Because everyone just, like, fucking hates him. And mostly rightfully so. But it's like, dude. He has been such a stunning success, really. Well, until he got paid, you know. It's, yeah, hey, he's but like, amazing. come on. Well, yeah. It's, it's kind of like minimum salary. playing in Iraq. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he's been an amazing success for what he was, and now he's paid for what he isn't. And But yeah, the, as far as finding that talent, that was an amazing job. That was crazy. And, Do you remember that one game where he had like 15 rebounds in the first quarter when he was like yes. first blowing up? That was nuts. Like, 
I don't know, man. It's just funny how, like, I, I, I was just thinking about it from the perspective of, like, how quickly our narratives change from, like, what a crazy story to what a fucking bum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all related to, well, and attitude. You know, he's, he's yeah, a guy he's that... a jerk, too. Right. So... But we knew he was a jerk. <laughs> well, yeah, but when, I don't know, it's that untapped potential and... Oh, he could be anything. Oh, okay, he needs to do this. Oh man, he has no idea that he needs to <laughs> yeah. that he needs to do this. Fair. That's a good point. So, but you know, that's that's guess that's the way it goes. And hopefully, uh, Billy Press. I would love. Let's just say this: I would love for Billy Preston to have a career as good as White Side. Oh yeah, I mean that'd be massive. What if, man? That's the kind of the fun thing about taking the cracks at guys um, like that. And I'd rather them do that than like, like nothing's worse than the guy, the the guy they add to the summer league team. That's like a three year G League vet. It's like, <laughs> and he's a, and he's a, a John re- Holland. John yeah, Holland is still a, playing a rebounding power forward. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, man. Why are we doing that? Yeah, who was who was that it's guy? Like Eric Moreland or something like that. Hey, no, Eric yeah, he's Moreland actually, actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't. But him. no, they had a guy that. Um, man. And again, I'm I'm killing the whole vibe, but. Yeah, they they've had a lot of those guys that are just. They're like, picking up every like six seven really thick rebounder with a little bit of that touch. Can't shoot. Yeah. Denting the backboard with their putbacks. <laughs> the you know the, what they just the good college mid like energy big that never works out in the NBA. Tyler Hansborough. Ugh, thank God. Hell, fucking uh, Jack Cooley. Oh man, better than Tristan Thompson. Than He's Tristan, Tristan Thompson, Thompson replacement. Legend. What do you need Tristan Thompson for if you have Jack Cooley? Hell of an offensive rebounding rate Jack Quilly had. Well, on that note, we should probably wrap because we are literally out of stuff to talk about while LeBron holds the future of the entire franchise hostage. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we scraped the bottom of the barrel for topics here. I mean, we got to Jack Cooley. The important takeaway is Colin Sexton will be very good. And if he's not very good, he'll at least be extremely interesting. The the Dion Waiters story. Exactly. God, I miss Dion. I know you if, do. If you, if you trade Kevin Love, you have to trade him for Dion. You sure do. I, I agree. Bring, bring <laughs> Dion home. Get the get move the island back back to the mainland. Exactly. Uh, on that note, we are going to wrap. Uh, if you want to support the pod, please head to our Patreon at patreon.com slash chase down podcast. Mort, are you a patron? <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not. I apologize. <laughs> I know you are. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I have not given a nickel to a podcast. Nor should you, ultimately. You, we owe you, not the other way around. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not even getting a piece of the... What the let, me, <laughs> let me pay for my own appearances. I had a feeling this question would lead to a good bit, so I'm happy about it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, please go to our Patreon. Please subscribe. Uh, if you pay up to $5 a month or more, you can... Uh, be in a very lively uh, group chat that is exclusive to Chase Down patrons. We have a lot of fun in there. Uh, if you oh, wanna, I bet. If you want to support in the unconventional way, um, please, uh, or in the conventional way, sorry, not the unconventional way, please head to our iTunes, leave a review, a rating, 
that always helps. Oh, more. I'm sorry. I did have a question from the from the Discord. Uh, okay. That I wanted to get to before we wrapped. Uh, one, um, what do you think about using our mini mid level on Isaiah Thomas this off season? I'm I'm incredibly angry. <laughs> <laughs> Why would someone say that? <laughs> it's did, the worst idea I've ever heard. Never bring him back to this team ever. Well, it was just to be mean to you. And then the other one was uh, from a good friend, Hay- friend Hayden. Less of a question, more of a comment. Uh, tell Mort I loved him in School of Rock. God damn it. Thank you. That's... <sighs> I take any compliments, even if they're not meant for me. Appreciate you, Mort. Appreciate our listeners. Uh, and as always, go Cavs. <laughs>